I'm Enoch Fossum. And I'm Austin Ivey, and you're listening to the What About Therapy podcast. All right, everyone, welcome to episode 72. 72, we checked before what? this time. Did we? Usually we check on the... Well, did you check? I didn't check. Usually we check like right before <laughs> we start recording, or we check while we're recording, but let's go with yeah, it. Yeah, 72. 72, this is great, or it could be 72.0. Oh, it's probably two. 73. Yeah, we'll find out I later. don't know. Whatever. <laughs> We've done that before. Anyway, so we're actually really excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, you've probably already read the title, so you kind of know. Yeah, you have an idea. We're talking about depression. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're actually talking about anorexia. We're not. Oh, oh, dang. You were going to talk about that. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> no I'm just not. kidding. <laughs> we're talking about treat yourself. Yeah, we're talking about self-esteem, self-compassion, and self-care. And the how self-esteem. they really all integrate into yeah. one another or the differences between them. Oh, yeah. So what I want to start off with here is let me pull up my little quotes Okay, so what I'm going to be pulling from here is a TED Talk by Kristen Neff, and I'll put the, I'll probably, if I remember, I'll put the TED Talk down in the show notes so you can go ahead and watch it. It's only, let's see, 19 minutes long, I mean 20 minutes, not bad, and she goes over the difference between self-esteem and self-compassion and why self-compassion is actually more beneficial and healthier for you in the long run than chasing self-esteem is. So we're going to talk about that here for just a minute, and then we're going to go into self-care and and all that good stuff. So Kristen, I'm going to first read the quote here um, by Kristen. I'm hoping you can hear me. I'm turning my head, but I'm sure this is fine. So it says, self-compassion offers the benefits of self-esteem without the pitfalls. It's associated with strong mental health, but it's not associated with narcissism or constant social comparison or ego defensive aggression. It also provides a much more stable sense of self-worth than self-esteem does because it's there for you precisely when you fail. Just when self-esteem deserts you, self-compassion steps in and gives you a sense of being valuable. Not because you've reached some standard or you've judged yourself positively, but because you are a human being worthy of love in that moment. Kristen Neff. I love that quote, and that just sums up her her video that she talks about. Obviously, it doesn't give it justice, but um, it goes over. I mean, she talks about how self-esteem is really ego-driven, right? Like, we're trying to constantly make ourselves feel better by trying to, I don't know how you want to say this, like put yourself on a pedestal in a sense. Is that, is that a good way to say it? I mean, that's how I would describe it. Yeah. That's a good way to, it's a good visual. Yeah. You, you try to put yourself on a pedestal to have better self-esteem, to feel better about yourself. And the problem with self-esteem is like Kristen was saying, is it can lead into more narcissistic tendencies because we're always comparing and always trying to tell ourselves that we're better than other people whether that's a lie or whether that's true either way it's it's it can be unhelpful and it's not really good for you in the long run yeah and i I think the important distinction the way that i understand this topic of self-esteem versus self-compassion is that um self-esteem is only possible in conjunction of something to compare yourself to and that's kind of what you're talking about and self-compassion can be present in a vacuum like you could literally be in self in space 
by yourself floating around and you can have like self-compassion yeah because it's it's intrinsic it's it's not comparing and hopefully this analogy is making sense but um you need to be able to i guess practice self-compassion you'd be able to to make yourself feel better about yourself without having anything to compare yourself to because comparison like you said is a root of narcissism and a lot of other issues and so your your feelings about yourself need to be able to be present in a vacuum without anything else to compare yourself to or anything to compare your feelings to yeah comparisons like unique was saying like i've already said two or three times now lead to negative outcomes more often than not yeah and what's cool here is that self-compassion you're you're for the most part always in control of that's mm-hmm. something that you can always control. Yeah, good point. Whereas self-esteem, something bad could happen at work or at school. And then all of a sudden, man, your self-esteem is super low. You feel really bad about yourself. And like Kristen's saying, that's when self-esteem leaves you, <laughs> is when you fall into those pits. And boom, self-esteem's out the door. But that's when self-compassion is there for you because you can always, always access it. It's always there. So there are three things that can make up self-compassion that I'm going to talk about here. And that Kristen mentions, it's her three, what does she call it? Uh, Three core components of self-compassion. So number one, I was holding up three. Number one, (laughs) (laughs) treat yourself with kindness, not harsh self-judgment. Treat yourself as you would a good friend. And I mean, that's kind of the golden rule, right? Is treat others as you would treat as you want want them to treat you but kind of in a twisty way treat yourself as you would treat others i think it kind of like flips a lot of ideologies on their head because like yeah. growing up i was always told like to be nice to other people so my yeah. parents and like plus my parents are like they're amazing parents but like most people will say treat others the way you want to be treated and i think that's like kind of a weird goal um because sometimes we don't know how we want to be treated. But and this is a really good example yeah. because more often than not, we're treating other people way better than we're treating ourselves. Like, right. especially if you look at spousal relationships, I was talking about this with my wife just yesterday. Like I'm so willing to just like with my wife, just give her everything she wants, take care of her, do everything for her when it comes to taking care of myself. It's just like nothing, like blank yeah. nothing. And I love that. I think that's a really good first step with people is just to give yourself the same level of grace, kindness, and love that you give the person that you love the most in this world. Yeah. And you're going to find yourself to be a lot more, not more happy, but more fulfilled. Right. Yeah. If you're still, if you're married or you have a girlfriend, a boyfriend, and you're still buying yourself Axe deodorant and getting your wife all natural and nice stuff. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need some, you need to practice some self-compassion and that starts with your deodorant. I mean, that's a good visual. Yeah. <laughs> don't buy the axe really if you don't get anything from this episode just stop buying axe. <laughs> not a lot of judgment comes from this podcast and this still isn't judgment but there are better options than axe let's just put it's, that out it's there. statistical we're talking yeah about we're, we're talking facts here. human studies randomized <laughs> control trials that say <laughs> can't even keep a straight face with that just throw away the axe you know old we're spice not, is a good step up we're from not there. in junior high <laughs> just take a step up from there <laughs> old spice is a good is a good next step to old spice. to gain some self-compassion yeah <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, we need like the old spice whistle. We're not sponsored, but I really wish we were. There you go. That'd be cool. Because I mean, in this tiny recording room right now, our office, I'm getting kind of hot. Yeah, I'm sweaty. What if I'm Cur- sweating? Currently sweating. Yeah. Not to be too. I mean, not to be too TMI, but I'm currently sweating. I'm wearing old spice. <laughs> I'm I love sweating. Old spice. 
<laughs> this is a good tangent. <laughs> anyway. Get yourself better cologne. So that's that's number one is treat yourself with kindness and try to avoid the harsh self-judgment. I think there's a key word there is harsh because mm-hmm. obviously we need self-judgment to learn how we can personally improve. But there's a difference between beneficial self-judgment. Like, oh, okay, I can work on this aspect of myself, yeah. like trying to express my emotions in a better way. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a self-judgment. Yeah, I mean... You're in a, a self evaluation evaluation is a good way to put it yeah sure. and, and i guess I, I have to be careful saying this but judge yourself the same way that you would judge the person that you love the most like if someone you really love yeah. has something they need to work on you'd probably tell them like when someone has something stuck in their teeth and you really love them you tell them hey you have spinach in your teeth you know right and you're not like oh my gosh that's disgusting you have something in your teeth good get away from me but do you do that to yourself probably and it's right. in some way shape or form so kind of going back to that first one what's the, i think what there's a term in therapy that would that, that they use to describe this first component but i think it's called the i'm I'm blinking so i'm not even gonna try but um turning everything (laughs) like around and seeing the seeing yourself from the viewpoint of the person that loves you the most and the person that you love the most Mm -hmm. can generate a lot of self-compassion and self-kindness yeah cool number two is find the common humanity now we were just saying that in self-esteem we're comparing ourselves with others however in step two here or the second core value, is we're not comparing ourselves with other people as far as seeing, oh, they're better at me than this, or I'm better at them than that. We are finding what's common in all of us. And Kristen uses the the commonality of we're all broken. All of us are imperfect human beings. And so that imperfection, the fact that we're all broken, is the very thing that makes us all connected and uh, relatable to one mm-hmm. another. Yeah, it's what binds us that we're all we all make mistakes. Right. Like it's one of the very few things that binds all of us as humans. Yeah. And so I believe what she's getting at there is realizing like what we've said several times before is you're broken. You're an imperfect human being and that's life. That's the human experience. And so realizing that everyone is that way, it allows you it allows you to have more self-compassion for yourself and have more say grace for yourself Mm -hmm. to be more patient with yourself when you make mistakes realizing that hey we're all broken Mm. like jim down the street he's pretty cool but he's also imperfect yeah and when you kind of view life through that like this this lens that everyone's imperfect including yourself it it takes away the power from comparisons because more often than not the comparisons that we make against or for other people um against ourselves um, we tend to see people through like a, like rose colored glasses. That's kind of what the phrase is, especially with social media. Like, yeah, we talk about that a lot, but, um, when we see those little boxes on Instagram of the little boxes that people have cropped and filtered and have chosen to put on there, um, we see them through the lens of, of perfection, like of what they, they, we see what other people want us to see. And when we, find the common humanity they're all imperfect that there's something about that picture there's something about the life of this person that i'm seeing that is imperfect just like me that comparison loses its value in a good way it loses its power in a good way because then you learn that although they just they're displaying something there's something about their lives that is just as imperfect as me there's something about their lives they hate just like there's something about my life that i hate it's that and i think that's beautiful to know that um some people may think that less than you some people have less imperfections than you um, and I guess objectively, maybe subjectively is what I should say, but 
Yeah, I like that because it really takes the power away from comparisons when you find that commonality of imperfection. Right. Find the commonality rather than finding the differences. Yeah. Okay, the third one is practice mindfulness. Wow, shocker. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. We've talked about mindfulness probably the most out of anything on this podcast. It's another one of those things that we say Probably act once. in mindfulness. Yeah. Like top two. Yeah, like if you were to go back and look at like the transcript of each one of our episodes, yeah. and you like control F on the on the, <laughs> on the transcript and you just typed in the word mindfulness or act. Yeah. yeah. Those would be found in every single one. <laughs> yeah. But for a reason. For a good right. reason. Right. And what's cool here is that... So Kristen says we need to practice mindfulness because we need to be able to have the ability to turn inwards and acknowledge to validate, to accept the fact that we are suffering, mm. that we're going through something and not trying to knock ourselves down because we made a mistake, but realizing, turning inwards, saying, okay, like this is what I'm feeling right now and that's okay. And you find the commonality, everyone suffers everyone's broken everyone goes through hardships i'm not the only one and then you treat yourself with kindness so you see how that kind of goes in a little circle yeah exactly yeah so you treat yourself with kindness realize that everyone's broken and be mindful with your feelings and validate yourself when you are feeling that way and then repeat the process just yeah it's like mm -hmm. a backwards it's like the the, that old arcade game with the Pongs. Oh, yeah. Is um, it just called Pong? It's called Pong, yeah. It's like the, one of the first video games. Yeah, yeah, it's like you just go back and forth with one, two, three, three, two, one. One, two, three, three, two, one. Hmm. And yeah. practicing those steps, and that's a way to practice self-compassion. Yeah, so I guess to recap, like to know what that one, two, three, three, two, one is, first to treat yourself with kindness, not harsh heart, <laughs> not harsh self-judgment. To Then two, find the common humanity with those around you and within yourself. And three, practice mindfulness. And then going back to treating yourself with kindness because you now realize just how human you are as well. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. I like that. It's cool. Hmm. I really like it. So that's the difference between self-esteem and self-compassion. If you're one to always try and get your self-esteem up, maybe try and practice some self-compassion instead. Mm -hmm. And you may be relieved of the stress it takes from you. Yeah, because I mean, building your self-esteem, like, because like, we've talked about this already, but it's, there's so much focus on like how you are perceived. Right. Like or, it's all focused on that and yeah. it just takes away the stress of, away from focusing on perceptions and, and of like other people on you and just focusing on your experience rather yeah. than just perceptions. Yeah. Like, perceptions are just a, a minefield. <laughs> Every cognitions and, and perceptions are just a minefield and a breeding ground for monsters. So the more you turn away from that, the more you'll find that there's a lot more life to be lived. Yeah. No, for real. And it takes the pressure off you to oh, yeah. have to keep up your self-esteem or compare yourself to others. Like it just takes the pressure off of you and you can just live. Like mm -hmm. just be you, man. Have a good day. If something bad happens to you, practice self-compassion and keep going. Mm. There's no need to have good self-esteem Yeah, when I mean, you have self-compassion. Exactly. And like a really good just practice to get into is if like something happens to you, and you experience something that maybe, I don't know, puts a damper on your day, makes you mad, makes you sad, whatever, yeah. like negative emotion. Yeah. Like if someone you loved came to you and told you about that experience, how would you respond to that? Like how, like, hopefully it's, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's great because most people are really good at showing yeah. compassion to other people. Most people are. And so getting into the habit of treating yourself the same way that you would treat others in regards to showing compassion um, is going to go a long way for you because you'll finally realize that you are worth showing compassion to. 
Like we all know just how terrible we are. At least we think we know how terrible we are just because we know we've the only ones that have seen our whole lives. And um, it's easy to forget just because we're trapped in our own brains that we're just as worthy as everyone else, that we're yeah. just as loved as everyone else. We have the same amount of worth as everyone else from whether you're a, a homeless man or a billionaire like Jeff Bezos, your worth doesn't change, especially based off of monetary value and possessions. Um, when you get into this mode or I guess pattern, I should call it, of mm -hmm. self-compassion, mm -hmm. you really realize that you really are worth it. And we say that yeah. all the time. Yeah, It's like our last sentence of every episode, but right. getting into this practice really proves that to yourself. Yeah. And I guess that kind of brings us around to like the whole point of the episode yep. is like more yeah. of a, and then kind of transitioning into a, a topic about self-care and like what that even is. Um, and the reason that like we even wanted to talk about this, this was technically my episode idea is that I, I started therapy on Tuesday and it was great. Woo. Therapist is really cool. She's a student too. She's, um, she's in her last semester and she just finished all of her hours. So she's getting licensed after the semester or like so after she, this. So she's. Almost an AMFT. Yeah. Well, no, she is she going is to be an a licensed clinical social worker. Oh, social yeah. worker. Okay, yeah, cool. But uh, cool. she's awesome. She's great. Yeah, she's nice. um, really smart. And uh, I think uh, I didn't think it was going to work out just because I was kind of, I'm not worried, but just more curious about going to someone of the opposite gender. I was like, mm. I need a male therapist. Yeah. Because it just felt weird at first. And I was just kind of like fused to this idea that I needed a male therapist and I asked for the ther like a therapist who has had the soonest availability and someone who like was maybe more specialized towards grief. And so they put me with this this woman and she's honestly great. She's only a few years older than me, which is again interesting, but it works great. Yeah. Um but yeah, she, we had this whole conversation, a lot of a first therapy visit for anyone who's been, a lot of intake questions, a lot of getting to know you. You need to build self like some trust between you and the right. therapist and she was really good at that. And towards the last 15 minutes, she She's like, well, I've gathered some information and some stuff that I want to work on, and we'll, we'll talk more about it later. And um, one thing that I want to focus on for right now, just for homework for today, is just talk a little conversation about self-compassion and self-care. Self yeah, she's like, cool. let's talk about yeah. self-compassion, some self-care for a second. Mm -hmm. And she asked me, and it was a really simple question, um, so what is self-care for Austin? And my first thought was like, oh, yeah, I know that. And I was like, oh, yeah. Um, and I blanked. Honestly sat there for like 10, 15 seconds, just completely silent. She just sat there. And I looked up at her and I was like, going to be honest with you, I have no idea what self-care is for me. Like I've talked about it. I told her like I have a podcast with my friend and I'm going to school to be a therapist and she knows all that. And I was like, I'm going to be honest with you, I have no clue what that means for me. I've never really practiced self-care. Like I do things that can be considered self-care, but I have never thought them as that. Hmm. And so that's like my homework for the next couple of weeks before I go to see her again is is to focus on what my self-care is. And um, I thought about it a lot and I've developed some things. And so I just wanted to maybe have a little conversation on the podcast about it because um, I've, I've found that I've neglected myself a lot over the years. You know, I'm really good at taking care of other people, but I don't have that self-compassion for myself. I don't feel that I'm worth the care that I give other people to give it to myself. And there's this really great quote. It's a, it's an excerpt from Jordan Peterson's book, 12 Rules for Life. JP, JBP, Jordan B. Peterson. His <laughs> first book, 12 Rules for Life, his second rule is called um, Treat Yourself as if you are someone you are responsible for helping. I think that's the name of the... It's one of my favorite chapters. It's awesome. Um, and he, he prefaces the, the chapter by talking about how most people are really good at taking care of their pets. Like they'll get their prescriptions. If they need to go to the doctor, they'll take them straight to the vet without any hesitation. They make sure they get the best food. And he also compares that to people with their spouses or like the people they love. Like they make sure they have the best clothes or like they have the best presents for Christmas, but they don't do anything for themselves. And like kind of taking back to like the pet prescription thing. 
he was talking about his clients where a lot of the clients he's worked with in the past, they were always so adamant about making sure they took the, that their pets took their prescriptions. But so often he would find out that his patients would never take theirs, even though they were giving their pets their prescriptions. So they knew how like prescriptions were an important thing, but they weren't doing it for themselves. And so the whole chapter is great. I've recommended this book multiple times. Go read it. Find it, buy it on Audible, subscribe to Audible, whatever it is. Um, even if you have to bootleg it, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> condoning that, but I'm just condoning the fact that it's an amazing book. Does buy he, it legally, but does Jordan Peterson do his own audiobook? Yeah, he does. No way, yeah, it's great. Yeah, oh wow, it's really good to listen to. He, um, that's cool. His voice is very, um, it's very Canadian, but it's in a good way. Um, Find your courage. Find your courage. Yeah, he's really <laughs> great, um, and it's fun to listen to. But I just want to read this excerpt from the yeah. towards like the end of the the chapter. He says, to treat yourself as if you were someone you are responsible for helping is instead to consider what you are truly good, what would truly be good for you. This is not what you want. It is also not what would make you happy. You need to consider the future and think, what might my life be like if I were caring for myself properly? And I, I, I'm going to revisit that one. I'm going to say it again right now again. But what might my life look like if I were caring for myself properly? Maybe you could help direct the world on its careening, tra- careening trajectory a bit more toward heaven and a bit more away from hell. Once having understood hell, researched it, so to speak, particularly your own personal hell, you could decide against going there and creating that for yourself. You could aim elsewhere. You could, in fact, devote your life to something greater. And um, it's funny to think of like just a little bit of self-care, like pointing the world towards heaven. And he uses existentialism and religion because he's religious himself a lot in his book. So I apologize for that if you're not a religious person, but he creates good analogies with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, heaven is order, hell is chaos, you know, yeah. and hell is darkness, heaven is light, whatever you want to call it. But um, in that chapter, he breaks down this this rule of how by taking care of ourselves properly, both physically and mentally, that we can orient ourselves towards the greater good, towards a a greater good of ourselves and for the people around us. And then on a greater scale, just our communities in the world, because by taking care of ourselves, we take care of an important part of our surroundings. The same way that we take care of our houses and our, our houses and our roads and our cars. When everything gets taken care of properly, everything around it is better. If that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of the analogy that he draws in that chapter. And um, I found that even just the last couple of days, as I focused on just, give myself more self-compassion and looking for ways to what self-care is to me. I felt more like positive, positive outlook on life. I felt more like, I feel like I've been talking with my wife better. Like, I don't know if she's noticed, but I, I want to be more attentive because I'm less like stressed. And that's, this has been simply just me like eating enough, like getting breakfast, stuff like that. I think self-care for me is, is maybe a little bit different for other people, but it's making sure I eat enough, making sure I, I like simple hygiene, like showering, brushing my teeth. Sometimes I forget yeah. to brush my teeth. Sometimes I, I just don't want to. And so I don't kind of gross, but I just don't because <laughs> I've never right. been good at self care. Yeah. I've never thought yeah. I was worth taking care of. Like, mm. and, um, and I think subconsciously I felt that way. And so it just turned into me neglecting myself physically in a lot of different ways. Um, but as I focus on that more, I just feel better, which sounds weird. And that's kind of what Jordan Peterson says not to focus on, but, um, I feel like I'm, I'm worth it more. Yeah. You know, just by simply by taking care of myself. And I had this whole long conversation with my wife last night after getting home from the eye doctor um, because I got the fancy lenses, the ones in the fancy frames, the ones I, I never would have gotten myself Sheesh. because I wanted them to last longer. I don't, I don't ever want to have to buy another pair of glasses. Are they Ray-Bans? No, it's some other company. Um, the, like the titanium 
like frames, oh, like super fancy and like, Sheesh. um, like the lenses have blue light blockers in them and everything. Dude, like I need to get some of those. Yeah. The doctor's like, honestly, if you're spending a lot of time in front of a computer, you should just get these because they're great. Um, they're more expensive. Like they're more, they're more expensive. But yeah. The like lenses, uh, it was like 40 bucks at this place that I was going to, to add them in okay. and they it's weren't covered bad. by insurance. And so like I had to pay for that, but it, I mean, it's going to be worth well, it. To save your eyes. Exactly. And that's part of the reason why I need glasses in the first place is because I yeah. spent too much time in front of computers. But anyways, like if I hadn't gone to therapy on Tuesday, I probably would have walked out without even buying glasses in the first place. That's kind of where I was at. Yeah. Um, but for me, that's what one form of self-care took is actually spending money on myself in a way that's actually going to help me like investing yeah. in a future me. I didn't go to the doctor for months. I go to the eye doctor for months because I was like, eh. in a roundabout way, I kind of feel like I deserved the, the, the pain I was experiencing. I don't know hmm. why it's hmm. just a lack of, yeah. of self-compassion really. Yeah. Um, but I guess I'm just kind of more sharing my experience right now, like I'm in therapy, but that's kind of what I wanted to do to show that, um, like in real time that, uh, self-compassion is worth it because it makes subtle changes that you wouldn't think that it would. Like, I felt like I was actually worth it to buy the expensive frames for the first time in my life. Yeah. And, um, I'm still working on what self-care means for me and what that's going to look like long-term, like on daily basis, weekly basis. But, um, I've just found that it's worth it to at least start that process, you know, focus on your self-compassion and, um, Allow yourself to make decisions that your self-loathing doesn't want you to make. Yeah. And like, if you find yourself thinking, I don't deserve this, I'm not worth this. Those are probably the things you deserve the most and you're worth of the most. That's at least that's what I found. That's cool. I like that. Um, yeah. Especially like yeah. buying those frames. I was like a perfect example, you know, yeah. like I didn't know the price of them until I took them up front. And she was like, okay, these ones are 279 Your insurance covers 200 You're going to have to pay out $80 or whatever it was. And I was like, my first thought was like, I do not deserve that. Yeah. And then, but when I told my wife the cost, she's like, yeah, get those. Like, that's awesome. Like, those are really cool. You deserve that. Yeah. And that's the perfect example of that's how I needed to be speaking to myself. You know, because my wife loves me. And if it was my wife getting the frames, I'd be like, I'd be like, oh, drop the, the 280 on the, that. <laughs> like, you sure you don't want more expensive ones? Right, like, you sure yeah. you don't want like two pairs? Like, you get whatever you want. Right. Yeah. And I'm using this in like monetary things, like materialistic, but it's such a big part of our world. Yeah. Um, and it's it's hard to get away from that, but it's just a good analogy. It's a good example of how, um, you should go about thinking about yourself. And I guess I'm speaking to all those who probably are thinking to themselves a lot throughout the day. I don't deserve this. I'm not worth this. I'm the worst. Because you're me. You're a lot of other people. Yeah. You just think to themselves, man, I just, I really don't deserve this. I think that all the time, constantly. Like I get good grades. I'm like, man, I don't deserve that. Yeah. And like I get like, like someone, like my boss tells me at work that I'm doing really great and like that she's really appreciative of me. Uh, my first thought, I don't deserve that. And so it's a paradigm shift. It really is. I know for a lot of people, that's going to be deeply rooted. Um, but those three steps that you were talking about earlier, I think that's awesome. Great first step because then you can get into a, um, a mindset where you can find things that are self-care for you. So I guess the coming full circle, self-care, like getting a good habit of self-care is not going to be possible until you have self-compassion. And Jordan talks about it. As soon as you know like what you need and what like you care about yourself avenues are going to open up to the point where you truly are going to understand what you need because you love yourself the same way that you know what your loved ones need. Like I know what my wife needs. Mm -hmm. I love catering to her needs because I love her Yeah. because I have compassion for her. And it feels good. It feels really when good. You cater to other people. Cause you, you connect with that person yeah. and it, 
in a roundabout way, showing self-compassion helps you connect with yourself. And you were talking about that earlier. Like instead of connecting to the world around you, you connect with your yourself, like your true self, not your idealized self, not your who you wish you would be, but who you are for for what you are. So just a little bit of self-compassion can go a long way because I'm as I practice a little bit more self-compassion, I've started to realize that some of the things that I already did have been my versions of self-care. I just never allowed myself to do it or I guilt myself in out of doing it. Yeah. And we were talking about it earlier. It's like Xbox with friends. You yeah. know, I, I love doing that. My wife encouraged me to do it all the time. Like I could do better at like scheduling it and making sure that it doesn't overlap our time together. But she encouraged me to do it all the time because she loves me and she knows it's good for me. Yeah. And I just convinced myself out of it so much. So I guess what I'm trying to say to that is that as you practice some self-compassion, you'll start to realize that some of the things you already do are good forms of self-care, maybe just don't let yourself do it or lean into it completely. Yeah. So that's my rant for self-care. No, I love that, honestly. And um, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, vulnerability. No, really, thanks for being vulnerable. And that shows that, one, we're humans too. Yeah. You know, even if, um, if you're going to therapy right now, your therapist may seem like a god, not a person from this world that doesn't have any issues in their life, but they're people too. Mm-hmm. They have their own stuff. Yeah. And they're just better at kind of putting it aside and helping other people and then mm-hmm. dealing with their stuff later. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> it yeah. could be unhelpful at times, but hey, I mean, they do encourage you if you are a therapist and you're going through stuff, kind of work it out and then jump back into sessions if it's really affecting you. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I'm sure they would know how to. I mean, they're therapists. Yeah, anyway. I'm sure they would be professional about that. Yeah. No, that's just a good, a good example of... Absolutely. You know, we're all we're all humans. We all have stuff going. We we all have our own stuff. Yeah, number two on the like, on the three list. Like right. Common humanity. We're all, we're all dealing with something. We all have a weight to bear. Right. We're all trying to make the best of what we've been given. And... We're all trying to just, we're all doing our best. Mm-hmm. That's really all you, all you need to know. So, all right, cool. And I think one thing too that um, that came to my mind is we, um, even your analogy a couple of weeks ago or in several episodes, it's um, if you find yourself going to the back of the line. Yeah, when yeah the food, I was going to bring that up. When the food starts is no way, girl, you get yourself up to the front of that line mm-hmm. and you be the first one in that line. Exactly. Because you deserve it. You're and, worth it just like everyone else. Right. Like what makes you more, less worthy of partaking of food first rather than Joe? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. I I was just talking to my wife about that last night. We had that conversation yeah. again. Like yeah. I've always been that person. Like, yeah. I am the last one to eat. Even if there's like, there's a chance that you won't get any food. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I, I'm, I'm back. I'm the behind. No, everyone's going in front of me because... Yeah. And again, that's a, we talked about this before. That's a worthwhile endeavor, like, like being selfless, making sure that people are taken care of. There's nothing wrong with that inherently, but if that's you consistently, and especially if you have the mindset of I'm not worthy of it, yeah, that's a good exercise, a good place to start. And it's a good analogy that everyone in the room, everyone in the family party, everyone in the work party has equal worth to be the first person getting the food. So why not you? Right. And like, that's a huge exposure therapy thing from yeah. going to the back of the line to the front of the line. No, serious. Like, um, but man, is that going to do dividends for you? Cause I've started doing that honestly yeah. before, even before I went to therapy, like just hopping right in. Like, I'm not going to be a shy. Cause everyone's always like, oh, I can't be the first one. I'm too good oh, for that. Or like, yeah. I, I'm better yeah. than that. I can't be the first one. <laughs> and again, like everyone's thinking good things. I don't want to make it sound like it's a bad thing, but, um, it just takes the stress out of it too. Like I'm worth this, you know, I'm worth being the first one to get the mashed potatoes. Like everyone is, anyone can hop in first and no one's, no one should judge them because everyone's worthy to be the first one in line. Right. Like, yeah, I love that analogy. And what, what is worth if we're all the same? 
Exactly, right? You know? It's like not even a thing. Like, dude, you're it, man. You're, exactly. You are worth. You're it. Like, it almost go loses, ahead. It almost loses its meaning while make its meaning bigger. Right. You know, because right. like you don't have to worry about it so much because everyone has it. <laughs> yeah, everyone has it. Yeah. You're not less worthy than someone else. No one's more worthy than you. That's a good way to look at it is the more that you so, focus on the ability that everyone has it, you stop focusing on that you need it because everyone has it. Right. And don't focus sense. on anyone else. Just focus on you. Absolutely. Like, I am hungry. Get up there. Go yeah. ahead. And if you feel weird, that's good. That's because you're, stepping out you're of your breaking comfort zone. a very old habit, <laughs> yep. which is a, that means yep. the therapy is working. Yeah. And good for you. Um, well, we hope you learned something new. I actually really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm glad we glad we did this one. I mean, yeah. it, it kind of hits home just because I'm doing therapy more, like right. going to therapy. But um, yeah. expect more stuff like this because I'm going to be going for the foreseeable future. So hopefully some more Woo! podcasts like this. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Okay, well, we will talk to you next week. If you haven't noticed, we're just kind of being sporadic yeah. every week when we put out our episodes just because school is, like we said a million times before, and we're not going to say it again. Well, we will say it again. <laughs> School's just crazy, and so we never know what's yeah. going to come the the next week. So we just kind of it's just less stressful this get way for we us. Can get. Yeah, yeah, and it's fun. I mean, this is no stress. Yeah. So, alrighty. Well, again, thanks for listening. If you made it this far, you're the OG. Yeah. OGs of the OGs. Always, always love like looking at the podcast numbers and seeing there's always some people that make it to the end, and <laughs> yeah. um, I think I know who they are. But yeah, yeah anyone who listens you. at all, you know who you are. Yeah. We know who you are. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I have an idea of a couple. Yeah. Okay. Well, taking us out as always is the great, the talented, the wonderful Danny D. What about what about therapy? What about therapy? What about what about therapy? What about what about therapy? What about therapy? What about what about therapy? What about what about therapy? Yeah. What about what about therapy? 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 Yeah.